Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. So many of you have listened and, you know, you, you've heard me interview people that are doing some amazing things in education. And, and I think with, it's also important to not only profile people that are doing amazing things, but also profile the companies and the innovators that are collaborating at the district level to be able to um, bring about change and impact in ways that can be incredibly tangible and applied, I think, across the country um, and for destinations outside of our borders as well. So we're going to be spending today time with Matthew Mugo Fields. He is the general manager of Supplemental and Intervention Solutions at Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, or better known as HMH. Uh, Matthew, how are you today, sir? Uh, Rod, I'm uh, doing well. It's a real pleasure to be with you. Well, thank you. Uh, I enjoyed our conversation uh, prior to uh, to the interview today. Um, getting to know uh, you there in Boston via New York. Um, let, let, let's jump into this. I think that we we don't do it. I don't think we do justice to district wide solutions and the stories that that sort of emanate from collaborations because I think that can be incredibly important. Uh, for us to learn from, because now we're talking about really some bigger, bigger, big, big challenges in education throughout the country and the world. When we think about, you know, learning loss um, or, you know, the residual of going through a pandemic and the impacts on kids learning and communities. Uh, I want to focus in on on Georgia and some work there at Henry County. Talk a little bit about what you've seen in your role, um, you know, heading up supplemental and intervention solutions. Uh, since the pandemic hit, and what can we learn from some of those observations? Yeah, well, <clears throat> thanks again for for the invite for the conversation. I think you kind of nailed it when when you said you know you indicated that we are still in the midst of uh, the pandemic in many ways. Um, the, we can't uh, overstate the challenges uh, around mental health that uh, students and teachers have been confronted with. Um, and I think it kind of um, starts there in a lot of ways. Um, we, we've got to make sure that um, we are in, in um, acknowledging those challenges, addressing them, because in many ways, they're the precursors or prerequisites for successful uh, teaching and learning. And I know there's some courageous district and, and uh, leaders and educators all over the country that are doing everything that they can to uh, to make sure that their students uh, and their staff's mental health is front and center uh, for uh, for for this a recovery effort. For us at HMH, the way that kind of comes home is, um, you know, we spend a lot of our time figuring out how do we create solutions that, as you mentioned, help scale across districts and across systems that allow teachers to get precious time back that they can focus on the higher order relationship building, uh, sort of in the classroom culture building activities that really are at the center of learning. So for us, it's, it's you know, whether it's in our core curriculum, you mentioned Henry County, uh, a district like many around the country that when the pandemic kind of first hit, um, uh, you know, they, they were challenged by how do we, how do we, how do we do school now? Uh, in the case of Henry County, they were quite fortunate. They had partnered with us 
um, to access our broad suite of core curriculum, ensuring that students would still have access to standards-based instructional resources. And literally by the click of a button, they were able to support uh, remote learning with the same materials that they had been using uh, in the classroom. And that worked well for them. Um, folks in that district tell great stories about the impact and the way that uh, HMH Solutions played a role in helping them kind of make it through. So again, they could focus on, on those higher order um, uh, efforts. And, and so that's that's a, just an example. We have plenty of other places where we're helping. Matthew, let's talk a little bit about the relationship. I think that if there's an opportunity or a silver lining, even if I say that, uh, with regards to the change, the tectonic shifts that we've all experienced because of the pandemic, one opportunity would be in the relationships that a provider has with the district, right? And so Talk with me a little bit about what you've seen in the conversations, whether it's with it's a you know with uh, Dr. Davis in, in Henry County or other districts across the country in that kind of um, back and forth. Because I, I get the sense that the conversations have had more substance. Uh, they've been much more relational. It has not been this sort of uh, I don't know at an arm's length because someone is providing the service and someone is buying the service. Right? It just feels much more collaborative. Am I right or wrong or far afield on that? And can you speak to sort of the impact the conversations have had since the shift? Yeah, I think it's a really astute point. You know, when buildings closed, um, many vendors had to become partners um, with, with district leaders. That was certainly the case in uh, Henry County, where we had actually had a flourishing partnership even before it. But, you know, nothing like being in the trenches, trying to figure out how to make school happen under these kind of, of, of unprecedented, I know that's an overused word from the last two years, but they really were unprecedented circumstances and figuring it out together um, and, and, and having enough sort of uh, grace and, and humility uh, with each other to, to be experimental, to, to, to kind of work together to say, you know, we, we, we tried these few things, they, these worked really well, what about this other stuff, let's, let's fix it together. And we experienced that across the, um, the, the sort of the country. Uh, we have the great privilege of, of being in close to 90% of US schools with, with HMH products and solutions. And so this became a, uh, you know, sort of a mantra, a rallying cry for us. We made uh, sure that online access was made available for free to many of our solutions for schools and districts sort of in the early days of the pandemic. And that had uh, many consequences. One in unintended consequence is it, it allowed um, educators to get exposure to solutions that they had never previously knew um, that they, you know, that they hadn't been using um, because there wasn't, um, you know, uh, uh, system-wide uh, summative testing at the end of the years. Many educators turned to products like our growth measure um, and products like um, Amira uh, Learning in our portfolio to get insight into where their students are um, and then be able to quickly respond to that insight and, and uh, through those assessment offerings with appropriate instruction. Um, and then the instruction challenges, which we still live with today, were sort of were, were multiple. Um, you know, we, uh, a lot has been said and written about what some people call learning loss. We think of it as interrupted learning and the impact that that had, particularly on our most vulnerable students, students who, if we're being really honest, were behind before the start of the pandemic and, and many of whom weren't getting everything they needed to catch up. 
And those students were hit really hard. And we were in a position to have solutions like our intervention programs, some of our sort of AI powered adaptive programs help meet those students where they were, whether it was in a remote setting or in the classroom and help uh, bring them along. But the thing that I think gets missed sometimes about what the last two years has meant is there were students who were behind and who needed help, but there were also students who, for whatever reason, whether it was their family gave them exposure, whether their school system remained um, you know, uh, on track in some ways, they actually didn't lose much. Some students even accelerated, believe it or not, through the pandemic. And so teachers were now confronted with an even uh, a new challenge, which is even more diversity of learners across the sort of achievement spectrum. So you would have the teacher who's, you know, has is in her classroom, there are students at five different reading levels and having to manage that. And so we, we really accelerated parts of our sort of roadmap for products to help teachers be able to manage that skill diversity uh, in their classrooms so that if some students needed intervention, they were able to get that. If some students needed uh, acceleration, they were able to get that. Uh, all on a connected platform, as we call it, our connected platforms called Ed. Um, that's the kind of thing that we were able to, because of the position we were in, really accelerate and respond to the need. You've really, you've touched on the the complexity issue, which I think is incredibly important. And, you know, it made me think, Matthew, that sometimes we, and we do this in relationships, we do this with friendships, sort of all throughout our lives. We Sometimes we need a friendly reminder um, of the things that we might be taking we might take for granted. And I think years ago, there were, you know, there were people out there that said, you know, having a legacy provider can be challenging and all encompassing. And then something happens like this. And you say, my goodness, wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if we had a relationship with a provider that could be flexible, could pivot with us and really scale uh, to meet these new challenges. So do you feel like that, that we've sort of sort of flipped our understanding, our appreciation maybe is a better word for companies like HMH, and, you know, because we'd gone through this sort of, wouldn't it be cool to have a startup help us over here, over there, right? And there's fantastic applicability to those into the ecosystem um, of education writ large, but boy, there's some, some advantages to what I'm hearing from you and HMH and others like you. Yeah, I, I would say two things in response to that. I think you're undoubtedly right. Having a partner that has been uh, with you, that knows um, facts on the ground, has has worked with 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 um, your district for some time, um, had has products already being used. Um, it was 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 a clear advantage. But I got to tell you, um, you know, starting about nearly five years ago, a, a group of us came uh, led by Jack Lynch, HMH's CEO, um, and we we sort of, you know, view HMH now as a bit of a 200-year-old startup. Um, you know, we uh, Jack, uh, you know, refounded the company. Um, you know, many of us had careers and had, had worked in the education technology space and, and set out on this project, um, again, about five years ago to take what at the time had been sort of the largest publisher in K-12 education and transform the company into what we call a learning technology uh, company. Now, uh, you know, Roots as a publisher focused on great content and now as a learning technology company, um, it really focused on uh, generating great learning outcomes. And so we were already sort of on that journey. We were, you know, sort of three years into that journey when the pandemic hit. So we were, you know, thankfully in some ways we were well positioned that when 
um, education technology solutions became more ascendant, we had this sort of, you know, best in class portfolio of solutions, whether it be, you know, computer adaptive assessments, AI driven practice solutions, um, it, you know, best in class intervention programs like Read 180 that have, you know, strong track records of taking students that are, you know, multiple grade levels behind and accelerating their learning. And the thing that was new is tying that all together with our roots as a core curriculum company that was focused on delivering sort of grade level standards instruction. And then that allowed us to create sort of what we call the connected suite of solutions that help teachers manage a new problem they now have. So we mentioned that diversity of learners is, is a challenge. Well, diversity of ed tech solutions is also a challenge that a big teachers challenge. have, right? <laughs> Like, like, great that, you know, many teachers now, vast majority of them say, yeah, more, more, more facile using uh, technology than ever before. The role of technology has shifted in the classroom. We are now closer to a one-to-one student-to-device ratio. All of that is, is for the good. But one of the consequences of that good is there's this now plethora of solutions that occupy the classroom and that students and teachers are now having to navigate, what we've tried to do is simplify that and 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 bring best in breed solutions together on a single platform that meet the different needs in the classroom. And so we we saw, you know, we were well positioned when this happened and we're seeing we're seeing great results. So let's pivot. So my experience of you, Matthew, is that there's a quiet confidence, uh, a steeliness about you that would I'd want to be in the foxhole with you. And I use that as a precursor to say there are so many people questioning professions in education today um, in how they can participate. Talk with me about the decision you made when you were, uh, I'll say that you, you look much younger than me. So it's not that when you were a young person, but uh, when you were making your professional choices and decisions, did you have that kind of quiet confidence that education was the right home for you? And how did you come to that, de that uh, determination? Well, if you think I'm quiet in my confidence, I'm doing a good job of this interview. Because <laughs> people that know me, they don't accuse me of that. So I'm going to take that as a win. Uh, so, 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 yeah, for me, um, in, in many ways, it was like education chose me. And what, here's what I mean by that. Like, you know, I was an immigrant kid, uh, came to the U.S. when I was around 10 years old from the Caribbean um, to uh, the outskirts of Philadelphia. Um, and um, you know, I had like, as was the policy in my district at the time, you know, if you came from a certain part of the world, you were sort of put back one grade and in the lowest track um, back when they had tracking. Right. So it was mm -hmm. like telling, a, you know, I was a fifth grader who was saying, hey, you know, you'll be going to Votech, uh, vocational te technology school, which there's no problem with that at all. There's nothing wrong with vocational education. Uh, I believe in students being career ready. What I don't believe in is telling a fifth grader that this is your sort of path in life. And, and luckily for me, I had some educators kind of a couple years into my journey step in and say, no, 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 we, this kid, it should be a uh, college track and we've got to do something to get him there. And I literally had, you know, educators on their own time in my school led by my seventh grade ELA teacher, Mrs. O'Gorman, you know, who spent time with me after school, made sure that I made up um, time and I was able to, by the time I was in eighth grade, uh, you know, be on college track and 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 do honors work. In fact, and and became the first person in my my family to get into and and go to college. But here's the the thing that I said: my education chose me. They didn't stop there. I hadn't been to Mrs. O'Gorman's class for five years at that point, 
uh, she and others in the community got together and, and gave money and raised money for me to be able to afford to go to Morehouse College where I graduated. And the night before I left to go to college, they, they turned to me and they said, now go do for other kids what we uh, have just done for you. And so my sort of early in my life, you know, was trying to find a way to kind of honor that and to, and to find a way to do it. And eventually I landed on this idea of, of tutoring as being a lever. And so became an education entrepreneur early in my career, started uh, tutoring a business um, while I was pursuing my master's degree uh, at Harvard um, in business and education was the first person to do both degrees at the same time and launched the company there. And so it went from tutoring to education technology. Uh, and, and, and eventually after I sold my last company, um, was thinking about how what I want to do next in this phase of my career and what I concluded, and it was fortuitous um, that, you know, that Jack's efforts to transform HMH were just getting going um, and he and I connected and um, I, I saw the opportunity to uh, really transform this company that was already in uh, most of our schools as being the next uh, chapter of my career and something that I could do to have a, a, a big impact. So again, I didn't necessarily choose education. Education chose me. What a fantastic story. Uh, I owe you a beverage when I get to see you in person, because that's the kind of story that I think moves the needle um, in education, regardless of whatever intervention or solution that we have. It's that personal story and connection that bring thing, brings things back to the core of why we're doing this, right? Exactly. Why does it matter? Um, and I think we've lost our way a little bit in that. So it, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, you don't have to say it, but I think uh, your title doesn't do you justice for the impact that you're having um, at HMH and even beyond. Uh, what a pleasure to spend some time with you and to sort of now follow your path, because I think you're going to continue to do great things. We want to thank Matthew Nugo Fields. He's the general manager of supplemental and intervention solutions at Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.